Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers, and welcome to another edition of Radio Hotlap. As usual, um, Mr. Hotlap himself, John's here next to me. How are you, John? Good, thank you, John. And you've already got it wrong. It's an episode, not an edition. Oh. Publishing, but that's okay. I'll well, we don't edit, so you'll have to just leave that in. Today. Okay, you're in one of those moods, are oh, you? I could be. Okay, that's nice to hear. No, I'm All very right. well, thank you. Well, good, I'm glad to hear that. It's a lovely, bright, sunny Adelaide day. I think we had about 29 degrees today or something, so... Uh, it's a gorgeous day. It's lovely out here on uh, John's patio. And um, the show today, what are we going to talk about? Well, apart from the dog, who John's pointing at, and I haven't got a clue what he's on about. Well, the dog's here. He's got a sunburn oh, well, about Yeah, the dog. well, the dog's here. Yeah, Rust, Rust's here as usual. Hello, Rust. No, she's not going to bark for me. Um... We thought that we'd do a little bit of a wrap-up of Classic Adelaide, of course, since we've been there all weekend. We don't want to bore you to tears with it, especially if you've listened to the um, the extra episodes that we wedged in over the weekend while we were on the event. But uh, it obviously deserves a wrap-up. I was surprised how well it came out, considering we were just hanging out there with the, just the iPod and the little iTalk microphone. Yeah. It uh, was surprisingly good. I thought it was excellent. And Well, we might just go off on a tangent now and just start the show, so... Uh, yeah, um, for those of you, we'll get straight into Techie Talk. Um, if you're wondering how we put all that together on the weekend, uh, we didn't put it together at all and we don't edit. Um, it was just merely a, a bog-standard iPod with an iTalk adapter uh, bolted onto the top of it. and uh, Exactly the same setup I use uh, when I'm travelling around with the V8 Ute Circus talking to all the drivers after practice qualifying and then races. That's right, and so while we were uh, driving along... Um, I was doing the driving and John was just sticking it under my nose whenever I needed to talk um, and then dragging it back and talking to it himself and uh, we did the same thing when we were sitting watching the cars go that by. That was great, you could really hear the sounds of the cars, uh-huh. so for those of you who haven't heard it, I think episode 5.5 and 5.99, we called it 5.99 because we were positively, absolutely not going to do another episode before we did this episode, which is 6. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very good, I, I, was, I was pretty pretty pleased with that. Yeah, I thought it came out very well. So uh, that's so, that. Um, so should we should we actually get into that? Or should we do the wrap up of Classic Adelaide first? Well, I excuse incor- me. I incorrectly. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, John's got a mouthful of uh, food here. We'll get into the food a bit later. Well, but yeah, I suppose we've got to start now. off with the beers. It is Continental Day. Cheers, Tiger. Tiger. Singapore beer here. I thought we'd have a Tiger. A Tiger Day. Just to think about the poor bloke in. Um, in Singapore, it's going to be yep. either shot or shot or fried or hung, um, and uh, I don't agree with that uh, policy of, of, of shooting people. I um, don't either. Um, you know, it's, he's got himself in a big mess, and uh, but uh, you know, this this country doesn't uh, believe in capital capital punishment. And I was hearing last night on the news that Alexander Downer was he looked very very stern faced, and he said there's like 80 countries, including. Th- Thirty odd states in America that 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 still still have the death penalty. Yeah, it's it's really quite uh, it's quite amazing. I think I would r- probably rather be though in Singapore than I would be somewhere like in Arizona. You mm. know, with some some 
some hick sheriff. <laughs> You've been watching too many movies. I have. <laughs> there's, some hard, there's some hard bottoms over there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Don't bend over in the shower. Anyway, it's got a nice beer. Yes, Tiger. So we're drinking Tiger. Mm. And the the munchy sounds and, and John's mouthful just earlier, he's uh, just been to the Continental Deli and got us all this lovely stuff. We have some Dosonia Mild Ventricina. Yes, I've got some uh, really salami. nice Casalingo salami, a bit of um, Virginia ham and some... Um, Twiggy sticks. Twiggy sticks. Olives. Olives. Uh, and some uh, sliced hotner. Cucumber. And, Ow, uh, that's a hot bit. Chilly, so it's chilly. continental day. It is. Definitely a continental day. Anyway, moving right along. Okay, now we've got that out of the way. Um, we wrap did, up of Classic Adelaide. Yeah, well, the wrap up of Classic Adelaide was that, that we were down there in, in Hutt Street and we saw the boys, um, Mark Bryant and, uh, and, and Mick Pender, who did very, very well, coming... Um, Second in class in the uh, four LMES uh, limited modified special class, um, and um, that was that was a very creditable effort. A twenty first twenty first outright disasters of last year. I thought they did exceptionally well. They they did, and there was what a great shot uh, they they had of the car with all four wheels off the deck. And I don't think you've seen that. But it's a it's a it's a really super shot Mark, coming through the uh, the timing control. Did he send it on to you? No, he didn't send it on to me. But Mick was telling me about it when we were in Hut Street after the event, actually, and he couldn't believe it. And as soon as he felt all four wheels lift, how he was um, worried about getting brown stains in his underwear when they landed. It's a top shot, but um, they've done very well. But but the event uh, has for the fourth year gone to um, to Rex Broadbent, and he's a very unassuming sort of guy. We wouldn't you wouldn't pick him for a for a racer, I don't know what he does for no. a job, but he's very, very calculating and, and methodical, and uh, he's come home uh, on top, uh, beating uh, Jimmy Richards and Barry Oliver uh, to uh, to the, the the second place. Well, which was a fantastic effort on both their behalf. So I noticed that um, when uh, Rex Broadbent was actually up on the podium, he paid tribute to his co-driver uh, Michael Godier. Um, and he, he basically said that Michael was 80% of the team and all he did was drive, which I thought was very, very humble in uh, in the winning stakes. Um, just while you're there, I'm just slinking out the door is uh, is Raul, who's oh, the, yeah. uh, the software mechanic. See you, Raul. Thank you. For, see you tomorrow, mate. And uh, most of this stuff wouldn't be able to happen without his um, his skill in engineering. A brilliant uh, software engineer who's just finished his, uh, his master's here at um, Adelaide... University, he's um he's a, he's a, he has an elephant tusk cleaner, but he doesn't mind being called that, and we we're quite fond of him. He's just a little shy though. He is. He's been slaving over a hot LCD screen all day. He has. So he's off home for some uh, probably cool down with some curry. Mate, he'll be going straight to the uni bar. I know him. He says, "I've got a little bit of something where all the young tarts are at." You know, good on him. Yeah, no. He does, he does all right with the girls too. Um, back to the Classic Adelaide, just mm. as a final wrap-up. Um, yeah, Rex Broadbent and Michael Gadir won the event. Jim Richards and Barry Oliver came second, which was a fantastic effort after uh, a fairly disastrous or ordinary um, uh, Classic Adelaide for the two of them last year. Uh, Jim certainly seemed very, very happy that he got uh, where he did. Um, I think Rex was pretty stoked that... Uh, these two Targa Tasmania winners came over and he was still able to hold them at bay. Um, and that was the late classic uh, section. Uh, and then in the classic section, um, Rick Bates and Jenny Britton came first in their Porsche 911. And Rob Sherrard and Peter Roberts in their GT40. 
that's a very creditable job for, for Rob Sherrard to come in there um, because that's a, a pretty uh, heavy-duty muscle car, that, that GD40. And, and Rob, who's um, previously been involved with, uh, with Virgin um, in a uh, very high-end capacity, um, has um, you know taken the money and, and gone and bought, bought some toys. And that's just one of the very uh, interesting cars in his stable. He owns one of the old Group B RS200 Ford Rally cars, which ran around and before they were banned in the in uh, the 1986, I think it was. Oh, right. And um, he ran that at the Mount Buller Sprint last year. Um, and it was a, it was a, I think Wayne Park drove the car, or, or and 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 also looks after them. But um, he's got another uh, car in, in the stable, which is dear to my heart. It's the uh, the uh, um, sort of purpley pinky um, uh, pool right Bathurst 24-hour winning Monaro that uh, Brocky uh, used a couple of years ago that he purchased the car from Ross Palmer. Those ah, of you who didn't cool. realise that the car actually was owned by Ross Palmer and Ross Palmer was also running the event. Now, don't put two and seven together and think that it was a rig for, for Brocky to win it. No, but, no, um, no, no, no. Uh, you know... Few people would probably realise that. So that's one of his, another one of his toys there. Terrific. Well, I spoke to Peter Roberts actually at the Galar dinner, and we'll probably uh, touch on that in a moment or two. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, the G, the forty in the GT forty is because in the US Imperial measure, the car actually was forty inches high, and the driver, because it was originally designed for the Le Mans series with only a solo driver and not a passenger. Uh, the driver's got a benefit of a bubble in the roof so that he can actually sit in the driver's seat and he's still got room to wear a helmet. Um, I was talk- As I say, I was talking to Peter Roberts and I said, now, how did you manage to fit in the damn thing with the helmet on because you haven't got a bubble in the passenger side of the roof? And he reckoned he was pretty well sitting on the floor and laying back a long way. So it uh, wouldn't have been too comfortable to be a navigator in that situation, I wouldn't have thought. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a gorgeous car. I think probably more suited to... The uh, rigors of, of Le Mans 24-hour. I don't think they ran a Le Mans series back then. No. Um, but there probably were a couple of other sort of events, maybe the Milia Miglia or. Yeah, I think there was ra- a couple of Pommy events too that uh, sports car racing where they uh, ran GT40s too. Yes, they're very high speed, uh, high speed stability sort of a vehicle. But uh, uh, the genuine article, you'll see a few running around that that aren't. But uh, it's it's the full wazzer. And in third place in that classic series uh, was Richard Galley and Alan Steen out of Brisbane. Now, we'd never met uh, Richard or Alan before, but as luck would have it, our table at the Galar dinner was full up because everybody was shifting around when they first arrived. And there were two spare spots at the table that uh, Richard and Alan were on, and uh, we were lucky enough to get sat down and have a chat to those guys. Well, so, some uh, arrogant pig had taken our seats. Well, that's true, but uh, we didn't know who that was, so we just left it alone. Uh, and they did exceptionally well. They, well. they were running a 1973 Datsun 240Z, and to come third in the classic class, I think, is a great tribute to both of them. Um, it was indeed, yes. And they, um, it was really good to have all those guys down there from Brisbane. It was indeed. And uh, to, while we're on the Galar dinner... Um, we should probably tell you a little bit of the content. Uh, Glenn Ridge, who's been a regular competitor in Classic Adelaide, was the compare for the evening. It was a, quite a fun evening, quite amusing. Uh, a few anecdotes from different people. Um, Jack pulled, Brabham came up and had a bit of a chat. Jack Brabham had a, had, a, had a long chat. And then he also had up there um, Jim Richards, Peter Brock and Stefan Johansson because Stefan Johansson had competed in the rally. And I thought it was interesting that um, both Peter Brock and Johansson both mentioned that the fact that they'd both been to Adelaide to race before and they'd both stuck to the main roads effectively, maybe a little run down the coast on, on, a, on a, still on a major road. 
and they had no idea how pretty the Adelaide Hills were and how demanding the roads were. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good rap for Adelaide. Um, well, it even catches you out because... When we went to look at the Lenswood stage, I said, where does this go? And you went, I have no idea. I've never been along this road before. Mm. And it was got to be, oh, it was a bit of Europe, wasn't it? And I thought it was uh, the Piccadilly Road, but it was actually, like, I don't know, about two k's over from the Piccadilly Road. No, it was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I've, I've already um, had some, some comments back from Linda Long, who said, look, I know these roads and I know the people around there, so you better get me along uh, next year <laughs> to um, uh, introduce you to a few more people. Not that we're well, backwards at going forwards. No, of course not, but that's all right. And that was good. And then the, the only other standout thing at the Galar dinner, I thought, was the fact that during the actual uh, event, I think we made mention at one stage, in the Lenswood stage from memory, that uh, there was a camera car and... They played some video on the night that they'd shot during the event, and there was some fantastic footage of the of the camera car chasing down a. I can't even remember what it was. Oh, now. It was a little old, little Porsche. Mm. Uh, one of those. Uh, ooh, uh, yeah, I, I that know. orange one. Uh, nine. Very very old. Uh, um, but no, that was that was fairly dramatic. And then there was a bit of home video included. Um, Richards Jr. You know that's always going to end up in drama when you see home video coming. You up. do. You do. And it, and it did. And because um, young Stevie Richards came over with his escort again, and um, he was having a pretty good run through the prologue, and he started off well on Thursday morning, and I think it was the second or th- no, second or third stage of Thursday morning, he went out with gearbox problems. But the home video was awesome because they, they, there they were hurtling down this road, and suddenly there was this big clunk, 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 bang. Uh, and uh, you heard the co-driver say, what was that? And Stevie said something to the effect of, that was the gearbox, it's beeped, and it was all over. Yeah, it's all over. And and, and, the, and the co-driver was going, yeah, but, like, he's going, oh, but I was just getting into it. He goes, but, you know, as a supercar driver does, you know, so it all can just go to a, yep. go to a mess in, in a fraction of a, of a moment, and you walk away from it. And that would have been, you know, such anticipation for the co-driver to... Oh, have, absolutely. Um, it might have been his, his co-driver from last year, but I, uh, I, I uh, don't have that information in front of me. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty well the the, the week at the uh, Classic uh, Classic Adelaide was almost a week from Wednesday through till Sunday. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a great event. And anybody who's never been, um, if you want to take a week's holiday and you like driving, doing doing your own driving, you're getting up to some of the vantage points and things. It's a, it's a good weekend, It's and it's lovely to see all those old cars out. The commentary is good too. The uh, Walter Zipfer, who comes oh, out yes, from... Oh, um, Who's the German F1 commentator. He is just a classic, and he always ends up like this. At the and end. he can make the most boring names sound absolutely fantastic. And here we have John Smith! And he does it like that all the time. He does indeed. And, oh, that's right. Yes, Stephanie Hansen had just said that he'd come back from the Grand Prix Masters in oh, Kyle yes. Army. Now, I and, meant um, to mention that. And Nigel Mansell won. Nigel Mansell won. And um, Alan Jones qualified last <laughs> and had to pull out because he had sore neck muscles but was actually like wanted to go to the bar. And um, and who was second? I have no idea. But uh, I asked, I said, Stefan, like, what, what, what was it like? You know, and he goes, well, it was a lot more crashing than I remember it used to be in F1. So <laughs> obviously everyone's been trying to get in there for a, for a little bit. And... Um, I suppose J.D. Schechter would have had a bit of a shoe in there, being a local. Well, you would have liked and to have thought so. And he would have spat the dummy for not winning there yes. and gone back to Sueto with the fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just trying to remember who they are. I did actually read a quick article on it, only very, very recently. And I can't find it, but we might come back to it later. It's not like you to write oh, down all, the, all these notes, is. isn't it? 
there we go. Nigel Mansell at 45. It, it basically says that the series was on for young and old, or should that be old and older? Uh, minimum age of 45. Nigel Mansell turned back the clock with a polished display. And the man behind was Emerson Fittipaldi, who is 58 years old. And Mansell reckons he pushed him all the way. Well, and Fittipaldi didn't even apparently decide to go uh, and race until he'd been out here for the A1GP event. Well, uh, MO is... Um Mo is known for being um, very, uh, very, very competitive, and and uh, you know that sort of competition, uh, competitive uh, nature doesn't uh, disappear. In fact, I uh, a few years ago I um, yeah, had a couple of meals with with Mo's daughter, who um, uh, goes out with Max Pappas when uh, oh, yes. Max was yep, yep. Uh, was driving for us in uh, at Le Mans. Very lovely. Yeah. And Stefan Johansson actually was the first man out. He retired on the second lap. He must have known that he had a plane to catch to get to Australia for the Classic Adelaide. Well, he kept that quiet. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> so there you go. That's that. Now, what are you going to talk about today, oh, mate, Johnny? I just think it would just be uh, seeing. I've this has been pretty much my life for the last uh, month. So it seems. That I just thought uh, you know it was a big release to get all the clips all five hundred launch out of the way. I think we mentioned it the other day, but I, you know, just just now standing back from it after going, oh God, I can't deal with any more of it. Uh, it just, I think, you know, I just need to tell everyone just what a wonderful event it really is going to be and just, just quickly tell everyone that, um, you know, obviously the V8s are going to be here on March 23 to 26 next year um, and uh, we're going to be before the, the, the Grand Prix. It's going to be a very busy week to try and turn yeah, the cars around and get, get to the Grand Prix for four, two four-day events uh, in a row and I, as uh, everyone knows there's always a bit of carnage at Clips of 500 so I'd be surprised how many uh, cars are going to be making it onto the onto the grid there but uh, the HPDC uh, series uh, the, Which is uh, going to be the Fujitsu V8 Supercar series right. um, and I'd imagine that they'll be bolstering the, the ranks with those um, the Utes are on the program naturally with Carrera Cup Beautiful, uh, what else is there? Formula Ford I think and um, they've renamed uh, the Group N Touring Cars now, and they're going to be called Muscle Cars Australia. Yep, Bianchi's got in behind those, and the, and the Lotus Trophy, that's a new one for the series. Lotus Trophy will be actually very, very good. I think it was uh, certainly a big success at Bathurst. And um, what else have we got? Well, Aussie Racing Cars, I think. Yeah, Aussie Racing Cars, and I mean, everyone sort of likes those those two. They're all pretty interesting. Seeing cars going forward into the corner. Well, it'll be interesting to see with our friend Greg Russell, who ran the GRA car in... Um, in, in, in the Lotus Trophy with Damien French, who has the final at uh, round uh, this weekend at uh, Phillip Island, um, will we'll be competing next year. Yeah, well, it'd be good if he did. Well, he might even have a go Greg over here again. Is that right? Has well, he that, been talking about that? Uh, you know, Greg's an advertising guy, and I think that he's got a lot of exposure for his brand. Whether he knows what to or how to capitalise on that, that's up to him. But he's a, he's a very shrewd businessman, very uh, very very clever with yeah, managing uh, interesting brands like like Shimano and. Um, and uh, what's that shoe? Shoes? She does a shoe. He does a shoe, doesn't he? He does a know. shoe. I know he used a, to do Maguire's at one stage yeah, when I yeah. first met him with you. What's the shoe he's got? Mm. The, oh, whatever. Never mind. Not hush puppies anyway. No, it's a big. It's a big competitor <laughs> up there. Oh, Asics, that's it. Ah, gel. Asics gel. There you go. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, the same weekend over at Phillip Island, of course, we have got the V8 supercars. Hmm. Um. Now I think that's going to be a pretty interesting showdown. Uh, on the basis that um, out of the three guys who can win the championship, all three are driving Fords, but it's a Holden home track. What's the maths on it, mate? I'm not sure about the maths. Um, Is it um, Guy Russell? Well, Russell's the the, the, easy, the most likely, the easiest one to well, get in. Well, let's look at it this way. But Roundsy can still manage it. 
How pear-shaped is it going to go for Russell to lose it? Oh, I think he's got a DNF or whatever. Or I'll finish worse than about 15th or something stupid. I uh, don't know the exact numbers. haven't read up on that that heavily. But um, I'm sure the Holdens will be desperate to win at their home inverted commas circuit. Um, so I think it's going to make up make for a great weekend of, of racing. It is. I'm going to look forward to watching it on the big uh, big screen and uh, and not go there. And not go there. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I was talking to uh, to Alan Simonson just a, a moment ago who who um, had a, a mixed result on the weekend uh, down at Phillip Island in, mm. in the um, in the, the GTs, the, the, the consolidated chemical company Ferrari 360 GT in in a, uh, a big GT race down there. He did uh, one he won pole by over three seconds, wow. um, which is uh, pretty uh, interesting. And I'm surprised he didn't get a weight penalty, but I don't know how well that stuff works in that category. We'll probably find out more about that next year if we start to do that. Um, so that was pretty uh, significant. And then he uh, you know, uh, won the race, but it wasn't all his way. He did... He did like lose the start because the Ferrari, with its uh, F1 style uh, launch systems, can sort of be a bit hit and miss. Right. And so he was walked into the first corner, and then the, but he, he went through there. Um, and then the Sunday teaming up with with, with Ted um, Huglin, he uh, they had uh, started from pole, and Ted handed over at the 20 minute mark. Um, uh, in about seventh place, um, as you'd expect, you know. But that bear, bear in mind that Ted, Ted is 69 years old, yeah. And uh, you know that's an Alan's only 27, so there's a bit of a bit of difference there. Um, but that's still a, it's a good effort. And then Alan was uh, like a, a minute behind and, and and drove through the field to to, to take the take the, um, the the front and also set a a new lap record there for Phillip Island. Um, and only within five minutes um, of the ending for a half shaft to break and the, the uh. car DNF. So it was, you know, personally satisfying, but um, yeah, disappointing. So, uh, and I, just a minute ago, he said, "Look, I'm looking looking forward to having a weekend off as well." Can he go home and eat doc. Yes, <laughs> he is. He's going to go and eat doc. <laughs> now, I believe you've been uh, talking to the uh, the guys at the V8 Utes about the fact that they want to put cameras in all the cars next year. Yeah, that's quite true. Actually, we're we're looking at changing the regulations. Um, the regulations aren't up to me, but. Uh, uh, I'm working with the with the management body there, and we're going to. Um, I've got a specification here that uh, we'll, we'll probably put forward, which has got you know a, a, an excellent camera um, into a you know a, a hard disk based recording system where you can bring a laptop into it. So and, the, and, the, the hard drive's not actually inside the camera; it's a separate unit. It is. It's a separate unit. It can um, just be easily removed, I presume, and just hooked up to any old PC. Well, we 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 looked at that. It can be it can be pulled out and and, and removed. But and we looked at the ability to put like, removable hard drive drives in the thing but I just think that you know the Cyquest oh, UN... 44s <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well, I don't think any listeners will, will know about that and if they do they're, they're, <laughs> they're older than we are older um, yeah the, the, the system is still be such that we you can just clip the laptop into it you know on a firewire connection and pull yep. and pull the uh, pull the content out um, and it's in uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting interesting little unit because you in in the software setup for the unit um, it actually has QuickTime built into 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 hardware into the ROMs there, so you can decide whether you want to compress for QuickTime or compress for AVI, whether you want to be a Mac or a PC style editor. Um, and uh, it's a DV25 format, which means that the off, the, 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 the the playback time or the, the acquisition time is four times greater than the uh, recording time, which means that like for an hour of, of content, you know, it's only going to take you 15 minutes to get the stuff off. Oh, well, that's and, and, and that's good. And I mean, the, the, the whole reason to, to put these in the car are, are twofold. 
One is from an entertainment value, and there will be, you know, the, some people tendering at the moment on, on who's going to be producing the, 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 the TV package for next year. So they'll and, basically, because it's always delayed rather than being live, they'll have a week to play around with the footage to incorporate it in the TV show. Is that what you're trying absolutely. to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, or, or might even be two weeks. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to look at, the, you know, that's, that's what the management body at Australian V8 Youth Racing is looking at. And um, I'm just simply advising them on some of the technical strategies. He said with a hot olive in his mouth. And the other side of the coin is that it's uh, for can be used for judicial judicial purposes. And there's been a few uh, situations there where <laughs> this year? Um, they've probably had to yeah. they've had to look at the camera, you know, the the trackside footage, and determine what's been going on there. So this is another way of doing it. And, and you know the, the the Utes definitely will will, will 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 do a bit of panel rubbing. So there should be some pretty good uh, good TV action there. That <laughs> you'd like to think so, and some and some good penalties handed out, no doubt. Well, they can definitely rub panels pretty well because you know, and and that's good. That's what people want to see. The, the supercars, you know, they snap something off front and back, you know, and they trundle into pit lane, so that it's all over. You just can't get back into the mix again. Whereas the, yep. yeah, we've seen during the year that there's all sorts of fun and games going on there really all year there hasn't been any really major carnage we had the big incident at Clipsal yep and um, we've had a little bit of stuff up at Indy but really not that severe and then and we Indy, had that, a lot of that was the weather anyway wasn't it yeah I mean we, we just uh, this there was um, uh, yeah Alan's accident there down at uh, Simmons Plains in the last round when the ball joint broke and, and, and just about smashed the, the safety barrier to pieces and uh, Luke Yulden um, had a bit of a coming together with, with one of the other competitors in his one and only outing in the Kangalotas car before he switched to, to Carrera Cup. So really I mean sure there's a lot of, a lot of scratch and bent panels but um, other than that you know there was, there was only really one big shunt this year. Mm. Well, I, th- I think the camera, the camera thing's a good idea. I mean it's, it's obviously a specialised camera that's designed specifically to take all the knocks and bumps and everything else and has to be mounted on the roll cage somewhere, one would presume. Um, which leads me to something I was thinking about earlier and has totally gone out of my brain. So, oh, uh, well, you know what I found today? What? A very old a tool that, uh, that, that Paul oh, Ryan... Oh, it's the IAC! It is the IAC. Paul, Paul Ryan and I found this um, a few D. years ago. The Interactive Circuit Designer. That's and, it. And um, it's... Uh, well, we can't. We, I think we're just going to have to manufacture we, it. I can't, can't describe it. It's I can't really describe it. But it, you know those little um, little things that you hang around. Little like row a, of balls that you can connect yeah, together that you around. hang things off of. Well, if you throw it down on the ground, they just generally come up with the really great deluxe circuits. So I think we're just going to sort of um, come out with a radio hot lap version for people. I and, think we should. You know, if they uh, if they they send us something uh, to the new website, which we'll be talking about in a minute, then um, we'll send them one with a lanyard. Yeah. That's right. But they've got to send beer too. No. No? Oh, all right then. Beer. All right. No beer. Just, just money. No. <laughs> well, we can't, do this. We, we can't do this for nothing. We've been doing it for nothing. And, and we certainly don't want to um, get involved with advertisers. I think it's, it's much freer being able to do this. It's not that we're bagging anybody. But, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just easier if it's just a conversation. Otherwise, we start to get, um, you, know, you know, told what to do. Well, true. We don't want to be told what to do. So, um, the I have the website's nearly ready. The RadioHotLap.com yeah, website. Tell me about the website. Well, I know you've been rebuilding it madly. Well, I haven't re- been rebuilding it. It just hasn't been there, and there was only just a holding graphic up there. But but we're basically putting all the um, all the all the the episodes up there. 
um, for people to be able to download in various formats, um, and uh, we would encourage people... So people don't need iPods? They don't need iPods. Well, well you don't, don't need, need iPod. iPods with iTunes. That's but, right. You know. We just happen to put an MPEG-4 audio stream on the iTunes servers, uh, or, or rather on our own servers, and, um, and the iTunes... Uh, store picks up the XML file, which then redirects uh, the, them to where the, our, the content is. So we are paying for the bandwidth. Um, what we're going to do is, is provide an MP3 stream um, and, and the MPEG-4 audio stream on the, our own servers di- as a direct link, um, yep. and also one that, that can be accessed through a BitTorrent client, because I think that that is going to, going to help us in the long term. At the moment, we're spending a fair bit of cash on on maintaining the, the, the server transfer uh, amount. And, and this is the problem which we talked about before with iTunes, is that it is not a BitTorrent-compatible delivery mechanism. True. For those who are not uh, aware of about what BitTorrent is, it's simply a download and upload client that once you install on your computer, when you download something, it sits in a folder and then it shares that, that material back out to the world over your internet connection. You can throttle back that performance so you can decide that you want to um, give 10% of your bandwidth capability to to allowing uploading or or other people who want to to grab that file and and it may be you know to start with the, you, you know, there's only one person with the BitTorrent client but as more people start to install that and download the content let's say there's a hundred people and you request the file well you're going to get the file a hell of a lot quicker and it's shared across all the different peers so yep. as people go off and online it just sort of takes up and it's all very very clever. Um, and how that works, but I can see the reason why Apple would not want to go with a BitTorrent client because effectively, you know, with BitTorrent you get what you give. Um, mm-hmm. So if you throttle back, well, you know, you, you won't get as much as as well. It doesn't mean that you know, don't be afraid. It's not going to hold all your bandwidth because it's 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 a very even uh, file sharing peer to peer network. But uh, if you were to download a song from the iTunes Music Store and it's set in a folder and it was run from a BitTorrent client, well, then you could be putting the iTunes Music Store out of business because you'd be then sharing the content out effectively, illegally. Well, I was going to say that it would obviously be illegal and there'd be copyright issues and da-da-da-da-da and, you know, well, it's a, got well, another Napster before you know it. Well, we should point out at this stage that, not, that what we're doing is completely legal because we own all the content copyright and, and there is nothing wrong with that. You know, ha- should we... Would we go and um, and, and bring someone's um, music off a CD and, and integrate it into our into our, our podcast show? Well, that would be illegal unless we had either their permission or we were using pod safe, pod friendly music, which uh, a lot of people are are going to uh, be providing. And there's a, a bloke just up the road who website. Uh, who did, heard about the show and, and he said, "Oh, look, I've I've got some, I can do some really good tunes." So he's he's going to sort of heard our jingle and he wants to make a better one for us. So I thought, well, why oh, not? Well, that's you good. Know? Yeah. Yeah, this is all a bit of sharing. So we get a bit of, of music instead of just roaring engines. Yeah. Oh. So um, and and the website's going to we're basically going to give you tips about how to how to listen to the show, how you can get involved if if, if you've got a got a a topic you'd like us to bring up um, and uh, you. You want to you want to talk, want us to talk about it? Well, we'll tell us, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll look at it, and in, in we might even get you on the show. Uh, we're also going to put our hand up and say who would be interested in, in uh, sponsoring. Yep. You know, it doesn't mean that we're going to be you know running Toyota ads, you know, or anything like that. But we'll, we'll look at everything as they as they as they as they come along, um, and obviously we're going to put a little button there to donate for those who. Uh, uh, feel I want to do that and probably an image galleries for just some of the image galleries would be interesting interesting Uh, I mean we John and I take a lot of photos as you no doubt gathered if you listen to the um, 
Classic Adelaide, especially when he was telling me I was vaguing out because I was concentrating on taking photographs. So um, we could do some photographs that, that sort of run in tandem with the show that we're doing that week. Um, what are you up to? Oh, a glass of white now. Johnny's finished his tiger and, ah, uh, oh, beautiful white wine. What do you got there, Johnny? That's a Primo State 2005 Columbard. Columbard. And it um, comes from up, the, up towards Malala. What's, What's that place up there called? Virginia. Virginia. Just got all flooded out, unfortunately, in the bad weather a couple of weeks ago. And just, just as you said, that'll run out of ham. <laughs> and it was Virginia ham. But that didn't come from Virginia. Um, yeah, it's also known as La Blondina. Uh, the Premier State Columbard. Very, very nice white wine, if you like a, a nice dry white. Um, at any time, really. Um, it's a, a highly recommended drop. Okay. Um, What's coming up in the future? In well, the future? actually, I was just having a chat to Jack Ellsgood. And um, mm. we don't talk specifically about what he's going to be doing next year. But he, uh, I said, mate, is there any truth in you wanting to go and have a bit of a speedway drive? He goes, well, actually, there is. I'm, I'm going down to the Geelong Speed Fest on the 3rd of... Um, 3rd of December, when Gary Baxter's going to chuff along too, and yeah. uh, they're going to have a bit of a, well he just said he would just be um, having a few beers, chatting to a few women, and having a bit of a bit of a putt around. Well, half his bloody luck, I reckon. Yeah, I think so. Well, we, I think well, we've... Gary Baxter's going over, because Gary was talking to us about that at the Clips All launch. He was indeed. Yeah. So, so be, yeah, we've just confirmed that. Cool, and you just, you, you're going over for that, I take it? Uh, look, I... <laughs> the following, the following weekend, on the Saturday... We're having a, um, a sponsor awareness day out at Calder Park for Marcus Sakanovic. Mm. So Marcus is going to be bringing both of his Commodore Cup cars out and the Ute out. And, um, rusts off. Don't you rust? Um, that'll be the... <clears throat> should be going off with the garbage man who has failed to deliver the garbage for... He'll pick the garbage up for, for two days. Sausage, do you mind? Thank you. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and... Um, very kindly um, is being um, uh, sponsored by Rowan Pinder of, um, of Synergy, Synergy Packaging. Packaging. Yep. And uh, I suppose that means I better pull my finger out and get his website built. Well, I was be. just about to say exactly that. In fact, I think they got mentioned on the weekend at some Can stage. You just leave me alone. Yeah. Oh, all right then. But uh, anyway, I said yes on the um, on the tenth of January. For those who are interested, come out to Calder Park and meet Marcus. And I suppose he'd be looking for a few sponsors um, for next year, but. He's a top bloke and um, he's very, very down to earth. Like, yes, uh, absolutely. Isn't he? I just yep. not, 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 not at all a complex guy. A wonderful family. His father's a very, very passionate. They, some call him the, you know, the, the, the what's his godfather? Docu- what's the dockage? You know, the uh, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 dad, yeah Vladimir yeah. or whatever. It, <laughs> not Vladimir, like, but something like that. Yeah, and uh, just as a yeah, and a great people. So, so come out and have a look at that. Um, and that's sort of what's on the horizon. Yeah, excellent. What about you, that's mate? Cool. Well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of techie stuff. I mean, we've already done the in-car cameras, and you've been talking about bit torrents and, oh, how's those and new, stuff like that. How those new uh, quad process, or rather um, du- t- dual-core twin you, G5s? The, you just bloody preempted me again. You, oh, I just to shut the hell up. Well, I've got nothing else to talk about, and I thought, well, we've mentioned the new iMacs, and we've done the iPods and everything else, and the one thing that didn't really get much of a mention was the new G5s, the high-end machines. And... Um, Apple have bought out these rather stunning... I mean, they look the same as the old model looks until you rip the insides apart. But uh, rather than a dual processor, they're actually dual-core single processor, 
Um, same speeds as before, 2 gigahertz and 2.3 gigahertz in the in the two lower end models. Um, but the range topper is a quad core now, 2.5. So it's actually running two dual core processors at 2.5 giga, gigahertz. Um, huge hard drives, 250 gigs. Uh, and great video cards now. Both of the top end models, the 2.3 and the 2.5 quad, have got these wonderful new uh, video cards with 128 meg of RAM on board now on the video. And uh, stunning, stunning uh, pictures that come up from them. And great graphics redraw. If you're a Photoshop head, you will actually absolutely love the way that the uh, the refresh rate uh, works. Isn't it uh, wonderful to see how the price price of uh, non-volt memory come, has come down? Mm. It's uh, uh, well, even on these new on these new G5s, even though they're using double data rate two RAM, which uh, runs the clock speed up higher again. Um, the average price of about a gig is around the $220 mark for a gig of RAM. And it wasn't that long ago on the old model G5s that were dual processors, where they were just running double data rate RAM, um, you were looking generally around about 300 bucks for the same thing. So, yeah, so that's that's really the, the sort of the techie thing for, uh, for this week, because there's not really been anything else earth-shattering. Well, Coming up to Christmas... We've got, you know, everybody's released their product. Oh, the only other thing that's come out that, that, that probably uh, is, is of great interest is that Microsoft have actually re released Xbox 360. Uh, that got released last night in the States. People have been queuing up in Manhattan all night. And one, the, the guy who bought the first one had been there for 30 hours. Must be a big Bill Gates fan. And, um, yeah, so that's out. And I think the... Uh, the Australian, I'm not sure about the Australian release of that, but I know that Europe gets it on about the 2nd of December and Japan gets it on about the 10th or 11th of December. Oh, do we get one before Christmas? I'm presuming that we get one before Christmas, but I don't actually know. I understand. I just The little that I do know about it is that it, because uh, um, there's so many things to follow, is that it um, it is quite compatible with the iPod. And is I that right? That well, I'm not can, sure I about that I believe you can play, plug your iPod in and then it sort of integrates into your your home theatre system and well I think there's from from the the bit that I skimmed there there are actually two models there's like a base model which is just bare bones and then there's a more upmarket model that you can plug lots of extra stuff into and uh, according to the report that I, I skimmed across um, they'd actually sold out in this particular store in the middle of New York they'd sold out of the upper echelon model um, within like about three hours it's um, look. I, I think that uh, it's going to be a great product. Um, it, it remains to be seen whether the the PlayStation Three is um, is going to better it. And there always has been a bit of, um, I think, a bit more preference towards the PlayStation Three. I think we we'd, we'd no, probably think... see Apple want to play with the PlayStation product with their relationship with Sony than they would with their relationship with Microsoft. But at the end of the day, I look. I'm a strong believer of this this no wall no walled gardens approach. That uh, you know you're only going to be as good as uh, the ability to be able to share the material, and um, that that uh, brings me on to just to, to recapping on, on, on something we touched on um, a couple of weeks ago was uh, that um, it had been found that 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 Sony had been in uh, Sony had been putting a um, well unbeknownst to most yes yes a what was what would be known as a root kit um, onto their uh, music CDs. Now, when you put that into your computer and played it, it was effectively um, installing some, a, a digital rights management tool 
but uh, they weren't telling anyone this and and really in especially in America this sort of stuff just doesn't go unnoticed people do have to um, you know, be very upfront uh, in terms of what their civil rights are and you can imagine you know, in the land of sue first and ask questions later there's a lot of very unhappy people there. Well, Sony has um, now come along and admitted that they had been uh, installing a, uh, a tool called XPC onto their CDs. We don't think any of these have re reached Australia, but there are five million of them around. If you, if you have a look, if you do happen to see a, um, a CD um, that may be you know, coming out through the BMG label. If you look for the uh, letters XPC on it, well then you'll know that that's it. But I believe Sony BMG has, 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 has sort of preempted there being a problem there and they have already arranged for people who have bought their product to be able to download the MP3 files from a uh, secure server. However, that uh, <coughs> Sony then contracted a company to come and produce a removal tool which actually ended up creating more of a, of a head, head, yes, head boy that. That, uh, that, that's really... Uh, been a worry, so um, that's that's cost going to cost Sony a great deal. Uh, not only um, and like the the financial side of things is is only one thing. It's the it's the damage to the perceived brand, um, not because it's a bad product as such as rather they have have, have um, really uh, circumvented people's rights. And that was I think that was where the back backpedalling began because my belief is that uh, the whole backpedalling and the and the um the kit that they've since released um, was due to a class action that was being brought about in the US. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of class actions, I, I believe that the, 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 the iPod Nano now has a worldwide class action on yes, for it the, does. the scratch. Now, what does that mean, John? I, I, uh, a few years ago, there was some stuff on the front of the Apple website which sort of said um, uh, something else had happened, but it just you clicked here and it said, look, we'll give you a $50 voucher. Is that what it's going to pretty much... You know, no, I don't on, know. I mean, there's, there's so many different schools of thought there. I mean... I was reading something earlier on today, um, which was official Apple speak from Phil Schiller, um, head of worldwide development. I think Shorty. you and I have both both met him. Met him he's in a San short, Francisco. He's a short bloke, isn't he? He is. Um, and uh, he was basically saying that um, the problem with these uh, with the broken uh, nano screens was limited to approximately. Uh, less than 1% of 10%, does that make sense, of the total iPod Nano output, and it was a manufacturing issue with the people who supplied the screens to them, uh, so that was sort of item one, and then item two, with the actual scratching of the Nano itself, um, he basically said, well, the, the polycarbonate that they're using, or the plastic that they're using to manufacture the Nano, the Nano is no different to the plastic they're using to manufacture the, the larger model mainstream video iPods like your new one uh, and, the, and the last of the, the previous generation photo iPod and there were never any complaints about scratching on that. It's probably black looks, makes scratches uh, yeah, I, look I think so, so much worse. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm glad you haven't mentioned the fact that I lost my uh, white iPod the other night, uh, video <laughs> iPod, uh, after I'd shown Peter I was Brock trying to be nice what, to you. But um, then I did find it and it was just there Eventually. in my jeans pocket. It was pocket. just there where I told you it would be. Well, and it's funny. supposedly looked earlier. Well, it just shows you how, how hard we've been working. And I just, seriously, how tired I was. I, when I got up yesterday morning, it was the first time I actually felt like I'd been alive since before I'd gone down to Simmons, Simmons Plains. 
I was just it's been really surviving on very very little sleep and, and getting and through lots it. of adrenaline and uh, alcohol. <laughs> oh, there's not that much. And alcohol. that's probably uh, got a lot to do with why you lost your iPod in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you look, I have to say that that's uh, almost beating a little be- beating Apple at its own game because you know I, I, I'm 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 a, for one a, a bit disappointed with the way that Apple handles their marketing. Uh, having been in the reseller business before, we know that Apple loves to tell good news directly, and when they have bad news, they use their their, their channel yes. to do that. And in fact, um, they're very very good at giving the, their their channel operators enough rope to hang themselves, and then when they are about to hang themselves, they eat their young. So they're not real good like that. So here, like uh, that, some podcasts, the technology in itself that Apple has, has deployed has allowed them to communicate in a worldwide fashion yes. um, that there are these problems. Now, Apple then gets up on stage at San Francisco Macworld and goes, blah, 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 we're releasing all this. Well, they don't, they don't temper the, the, the communication to 1% markets like Australia. And the fact of the matter is Apple is very much a Californian company which focuses on California um, using the Lex That's... Luthor effect and would, uh, would deliver there and then to the, uh, the rest of uh, America and other, other countries. And hell, we haven't even seen a black iPod down here, have we? A video iPod? We, no, we do now. They are We've not finally ma- got some. So you, you can confirm they're not made of unobtainium? No, they're not made of unobtainium. They are actually here and now. But and uh, they've been selling quite nicely, the few that we've been able to get hold of. Uh, they look great, and I think that's the big thing with the Nano. The Nano came out, everybody wanted black. Black looks sexy, it's shiny, it's wonderful, and it shows scratches like crazy. Look, I've, I've got the mailbag here today too. I've just oh, got something in the mailbag. I'm just going to open it up. It's a letter from Apple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dear Radio Hotlap, you've been a bit irreverent and you've been paying out on Apple. If you do it anymore, you'll be told to don't do it anymore and um, <coughs> come back next week. But that could happen. Who was that? Yeah, exactly. Yes, Mr. All right. But that's true, isn't it? I mean, he said, licking the mustard off that biscuit. Um, they really have, you know, it's it's almost a, it's a, a keep you honest policy, isn't it, podcasting? Yeah, it is. So yeah, uh, yeah. you got to thank them for it. Well, we're going up on their iTunes site, so I suppose that gives them some right to uh, not censor what we say, but to be aware of what we're saying. Well, how's that? It's been over four weeks now since the... Five weeks, four or five weeks since the iTunes Music Store Australia has been launched, and we have been on the front page every day. We have. We've uh, on the front of the sports pages, but still, nevertheless, no, the front of the still, pod, podcast yeah, true, page. Podcast page. No, you don't yep. have to dig down to find those other no, ones. Right next to the AFL show. You're right. You're so, um, ideas, anyone? Uh, we've set up the new email addresses: support at uh, radiohotlap.com, or you can send some personal stuff if you like to uh, to John over here, JP at RadioHotLap.com or to me, John, J-O-N, at uh, RadioHotLap.com. And there's also, for the dog lovers, Rusty Sausage at RadioHotLap.com. We have set one up for Ashley Twit, but uh, mate, uh, why haven't we been seeing Ashley lately? Ashley's a very, very busy boy at the moment, and um, I think he... uh, In the meadows? Yeah, I think he's been in the meadows a bit, yeah, yeah. And his car blew up about two or three weeks ago. I think that's been a bit of drama for him, and... uh, yeah, so I'm, I reckon that he'll he'll be back around in a week or so's time, and we'll get him on again. Groveling, as long as he's not paying out on the Mac too much, of course, and <laughs> sticking to his PC stuff, that's fine. He'll be groveling for sure. <laughs> well, oh, I know what I want to talk about too. I just saw a um, Chris Atkinson while we were on uh, the uh, Classic Adelaide Rally, and we're talking about rallying. Mm-hmm. 
Chris Atkinson's actually uh, staying at Subaru because apparently that was uh, a subject of some conjecture uh, heading towards the end of the season. Good word. And um, yeah, it is a good word, isn't it? I don't know where I picked that one up. Must have been word of the day today on some website or the other. I can give you a look. When you finish with that, I can give you a little bit of an insight on the um, how that uh, how he how he got to that position from a financial point of view. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be that'll be good to read. But uh, yeah, he's staying at. Uh, Staying at Subaru, um, he had his own set of problems in Rally Australia, for those of you who haven't heard. Um, I think a bent steering arm on the first day, and then through about three or five stages the following day, he had no front spoiler, so he lost downforce in between all the all the bends, but uh, he still did a pretty good job of it. I think, I uh, can't remember where he ended up outright, but uh, certainly had a, a good run there. And... The interesting thing was I'd heard about that and I'd uh, read a couple of articles and then this morning I got, being a Subaru owner, I got my uh, magazine for Subaru all-wheel drivers, which is called Symmetry. Um, those of you who own Subarus probably got it in the mail today as well, the same as me. Um, and bugger me dead, there's an article about Chris Atkinson. And the most fascinating thing about that is it's been written by Anne Gigney. And Anne used to work for Paul Ryan. Oh, I know. Back and, in and, 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 and she was work with Brocky, Brocky's co-driver in Targa Taz. Yes, she's yeah, a, she's a bit um, and uh, so different. Yeah, and that was there. We go. There's there's uh, there's an article on Chris Atkinson, the Paul Ryan connection back in '99 when Paul was doing all the work for uh, Ross Palmer. And Chris Atkinson is um, PR'd by uh, by Lee Hanacek from um, Band Media. Oh, well, another Paul Ryan connection. Well, that's, well, it's all back to the Paul Ryan connection, and well, and, and yeah, no, we're, we're right up the pinnacle here with uh, Paul and Crusher. <laughs> so we're we 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 and Lee Hanacek. We're weeding our uh, weeding our way forward. Weeding where where we? He's been doing a wing warrior as well. He has, yeah. Yeah, look, uh, I, you know, I just don't don't hold me specifically to this, but like there was. Um, as of my understanding, there were a group of backers that, that put in a, um, a significant seven-figure amount uh, um, uh, to get uh, Chris on his way, and I think the deal was that in the first year, Chris either made nothing or, um, you know, the 90% of it went back, and, and then it was a sliding scale down over the first few years. So they got a return. And so they basically invested in him, and they're getting a return on their investment. Yes, right. And 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 once it had got down to the bottom, I think that the uh, the investors retained a ten percent uh, return for life on, on him. And and that's a that's a pretty big investment and a risk because you know, like at the end of the day, uh, you know, he, it could have been that he he was no good, or he had the bad equipment, or, or worse than that, you know, he uh, a uh, he was injured and 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 would have been um, unable to uh, compete and uh, you know it, it it's not very many years ago that people uh, would uh, remember um, uh, uh, Burns yes um, Richard. Richard Burns who uh, <coughs> was very sadly taken away from the pinnacle of the sport with a, um, a form of cancer yes and and that that's very very sad and one would have one would sort of hardly think that he might even ever come back to the sport now and it's funny how the sport can forget you so quickly yeah i mean every season though those who've dropped off or retired or whatever get forgotten very quickly because as soon as things start hotting up again everybody's eyes are on what's happening out there so uh, yeah but i know what you mean um but it's really no different to uh, any other form of sport. I mean, the AFL players, I mean, I know a guy, I can't even actually remember his name off the top of my head. He's, a, he's an acquaintance rather than a friend. But uh, 
he played AFL for uh, for Sydney Swans for a couple of years. Um, got badly injured, and uh, their investment in, in him effectively went down the tube. Uh, AFL clubs, as I understand, are very um, uh, very understanding of injured players, and uh, regardless of the fact that uh, you know they can't play the game anymore, they still keep paying them for the for the balance of their season or, or their contract, and uh, try and ease them into. Uh, another uh, form of earning an income um, as, as nicely as they can. And I guess that these guys have invested in Chris Atkinson. Should the, you know should anything untoward happen, we'll just have to be philosophical and look at it in much the same light. Absolutely. Now, looking to the future, um, next week, uh, Kim Rogers from AV Central is uh, confirmed uh, yes, to be on the confirmed. show. Yes, he is confirmed. He sent me an email today. And he's, um, yeah, went down, had a bit of a chat with him this morning. And uh, we might like to, I'd just like to thank him at this point if, uh, if everybody's in, enjoying the podcast today and feeling that we've really got our audio together, which we, I'm sure we can go a bit for. It's because we've got a new microphone stand. In fact, we uh, never had is a micro- that where it came from? microphone stand. But, uh. Uh, so I, I would have to say that, like Derringers, you had your chance, but basically you're useless. And uh, I won't be going back to buy anything from those people. I think I'll stick with yourself. Um, <laughs> Apple Centre Adelaide in, uh, in, in Gurdjie Street and in Norwood. And then when I need the real high-end stuff, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go down to, to Kim at AV Central and... Um, he was very, very good, and boy, is this, have they got some stuff down oh, they there. they got some amazing gear in there. Yeah. It's not often that you can just walk into a place uh, down there on uh, on McGill Road. Yes. And um, it's just, whew, you got all the high-end HD stuff with all the, the, the and, and it's not like you have to be ushered into the private room, you can just have a poke around. Oh, you it, can it's... just have a nosy around there. I mean, they do all the high-end stuff for uh, all the major uh, broadcasting companies around town, ABC, uh, Channel 9, all those guys, they look after all of that, and... Uh, Kim's really, you know, right up with it. So uh, it'll be interesting to have him on next week. I think we'll uh, have a great insight into the world of video. We'll definitely be having him on. That's for sure. <laughs> he's actually going to be um, he's uh, having a look into a little bit of that uh, video stuff for me and going to be knows the people at Channel 10 uh, well, so he's going to find out exactly what the supercar setup is. But I believe the supercar setup is a tape setup, but, but that that doesn't... That's what he said, but it doesn't gel with what I'd, what I'd learned. I was always thought, why would you be having a tape in a, in, a, in, a, in a car which is vibrating and getting real hot? It's got to be a drive, drive setup. Well, but then a drive setup's prone to the vibration just as much as a tape setup, if not more so. Anyway, he will, so. he will uh, look, we're, we're probably both wrong, we'll and it'll be, it'll be something else. We'll, we'll find out about that, that next week. Yes, he'll be joining us. Um, I've also um, invited uh, 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 John, I've no idea what his last name is, but uh, owns uh, the... The sellers up at Norwood to come down because he's a big fan of uh, beech tree wine, oh, and, yeah. um, and and I'm it's my my regular sort of bottle of shop, and he's, he's he's great and always does a bit of a discount, and he's always going, what are you doing, Johnny? What are you doing? He's and today he said, man, you look like crap, and I said, well, I'm worn out from all this stuff that's been going on. So why don't you come down next week and, and, and be on the show? And he said, oh, what it's all about? I said, you know, it's an irreverent look at Australian international motorsport gadgets and barbecues, and and you know barbecues. And and barbecues, we need red wine. And you you're the man, but and he knows his red wine. Well, that's good to hear. So I think he's going to try and get down next week. If not next week, it'll be the week after. Uh, cool. It might be too busy for too big for for, for more than more than uh, one guest. But uh, yeah, oh, but, uh, and I think we have got a phone call happening <coughs> this week too. If that works out with uh, with Jack Ellsgood. Yeah, well, look, we were going to get Jack today, but he was going into the gym and and, and you know. Uh, 
time. I think was we had enough. To, we had enough to talk about anyway. Yeah, I think we did. <clears throat> um, other than that, we'll be uh, in January. We'll be shooting off to uh, MacWorld in San Francisco for the uh, annual uh, Mac Lovers uh, Festival <laughs> over there um, on uh, nine to the ninth to the thirteenth of January. I haven't been over for a fair few years. Well, it's been a while, isn't it? And your uh, your partners are going. Um, yeah, Anna's going. The managing director, she's going over there because uh, we were best reseller for, I can't remember, some award or the other. And so uh, she got a free Guernsey. Yeah, so be, uh, cool. yeah that's, uh, looking forward to doing that for a couple of days. And then I'm going to shoot over to... Um, uh, to Autosport International at NEC Birmingham and, and, and yep. meet up with uh, with Paul Ryan there where we're going to do a podcast from the world's greatest motorsport expo and, and sniff around for a couple of days on trade day. Uh, I might be taking Mark Bryant, rather, is, is getting a, a leave card from um, his missus oh, really? tonight. Well, he's, he's, he's trying to get that. Yep. Find out whether he can come and then we'll work out whether we can afford to pay for him. <laughs> and as you can see, look, uh, trying to get you get out to all these uh, all these, these places and get all the right interviews, it yeah, costs money, but... Uh, with the with the subscriber base that we've got now, and nearly nearly thirteen thousand people, it's 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 quite amazing. Yes. Even that that server we upgraded last week, I don't know if it's going to hold out for another month. Yeah, you have to wonder, don't you? Yeah, I well, mean, well, we know we're going into quiet times as far as motor racing is concerned, but uh, we've got a, uh, uh, I guess you could say a sort of a broad based mission to try and keep you. Uh, viewers out there informed during the, the, the closed season? Absolutely. I don't think uh, there is any reason. We, we, we won't be having a week off. Um, we'll, whether we whether, might have five weeks off. But we won't be. <laughs> uh, whether it will be a case of whether we'll be getting you on iChatTV or Skype from, from the other part of the world. But yeah, we'll, be be, the we'll, be, we'll be putting that show together and, 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 and making sure, I think, that everyone gets uh, keeps informed because the, the holiday times where people are going to want to hear what's going on and, and where they've got time to actually listen to us. Autosport is, is good and um, uh, my my, uh, my friend Alan Simonson has, has, has said come come back and, and, and hang out in, in Denmark for a few days and stuff like that and so I'm Eat actually going to probably turn turn my my yearly holiday into that before we come back to then shoot off to Mount Buller. Uh, for, the, for, the, for the sprint, and everyone's like very keen about that. Jim Richards uh, was uh, was very keen to sort of say that he was he was wanting to do that. As as was um, as was Brocky, who has actually done the very first one. But but when was quizzed about, well, um, so do we think we're going to make come out of retirement? He was, well, you know, I just sort of come here and tootle around, but hmm, I just uh, enjoy myself a bit and uh, driving that gorgeous little elf, and he. Uh, he could be back. Uh, he he, could, he could have been bitten with the tarmac bug. I think he probably has. I mean, it, it was quite funny, actually. Uh, we're going back now to the uh, the classic Adelaide Galar night, and um, uh, Sir Jack Brabham had actually been up earlier. and, uh, and With a large steak. <laughs> with a very large steak. He tried to outdo us. A one kilo steak he put away in uh, Gaucho's on Guja Street on Friday night. That looks like it's a traditional thing. It does. Uh, maybe we should try and get a Guernsey next year. Instead of sitting outside the Chinese restaurant. Well, look, I, you know, I, I, I tried to sit out there the other day, actually. I don't want to take you off the story, but I found the, the whole staff are very arrogant. <laughs> so, um, you know, unless they're inviting us in for a freebie, you know, <laughs> they can go and get uh, gaucho. Anyway. Um, Just quietly. <laughs> when Sir Jack was being interviewed, they were, he was talking about retirement and everything else, and uh, <laughs> the official word was that uh, he, he didn't retire, he was going to think about it some more. At like 70, that. so make a decision later. At 75, that's, yeah, that's right. And then when Peter Brock came up to he, talk, then he said he was reassessing his, his age to right. 80. And uh, and Peter Brock said, Look, let's just say that the situation's under assessment, and uh, he's obviously 
having had so much fun in Classic Adelaide on the tarmac, thinking, well, this is, I could really get into this. So we'll see. I think you did have a, um, a lot of fun. I had a phone call yesterday from, um, from James Brock, who's um, moving, moving his, um, his uh, Brock um, engineering operations into a new, new premise and, and, and coming up with a new name. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to him to, to tell me when he wants the press release to go out. But uh, yep. I think we'll be involved in some way helping him out there and pushing his brand forward. So that's, uh, uh, it's all looking good for 2006. Oh, I, I think 2005 has been a great year. So yep. It's been a good year. Mm. Um, and that's that's about it. And then, oh, geez, I suppose it's in February. Uh, we're already in February. I can't even see the see the we- the weekends free. I've got my niece's my niece's twenty first birthday up in Sydney on the tenth, and the same day we're, we're doing Marcus. And I don't know. Well, we do that, but we'll, we'll uh, just get there when the time comes. Yeah, I'm sort of planning to take the uh, get a few of the boys and go over to to New Zealand. Um, a, a few days early, pretty much. If the, we do the Mount Bull, after Mount Buller Sprint, we just go down to Melbourne Airport and go straight to Auckland, and yep. I get a few of them. And, and, and I thought, well, because we want to get there as early as we can, because there's going to be a bit of a media hype that week, because it'll be um, a, a pretty big, big thing, and there will be some significant drivers there from New Zealand uh, that, that are teaming up, because it is a Australia New Zealand sort of um, uh, match. And uh, I thought, what we do is we get the train down from from. From Auckland down to uh, to Palmerston North, I think it, it it stops a little bit, not right in Palmerston North, but in Martin, which is just up the road, and um, it's a it's a beautiful drive, yep. uh, a, a, a ride, and and goes down through the Rauremu Spiral, which is um, a, a unique piece of railroad railway, which which travels eight times around spirals down a mountain to get down many many thousands of feet, and it's just nothing like you'd have it in Australia, and there's a uh, the the the, the, uh, the Viewing car has the glass roof and all the glass back and everything like that, and, and a bar. Oh well, it's made in the shape. No, but not we'll the Marcus. Look forward to the photos. Even though Marcus Academic is as a non-drinker, uh, um, or also makes me out to be, um, <laughs> that uh, you know we'll um, sure have, have a lot of lot of fun there. So have a great time. Don't know who's going to be there. There were a lot of people saying they were re- uh, retiring from 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 car racing and V8 Ute racing at, at Simmons Plains, Gricey. Uh, but uh, you know, I tend to think that you know the the bug doesn't could be stay. on the uh, Peter Brock and uh, Sir Jack Brabham plan. Well, that's right. Oh, they they fat, never. They the fat never. lady hasn't finished singing yet. Yeah, they never. Uh, they never really retire. And, and and I'm sure we'll see Rod Wilson again. And I, I don't think we've seen the last of Ian McAllister. Not that he's actually specifically put his hand up publicly to do that, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Cool bananas. Well, I reckon that. Uh, that's just, just about, about another another yeah. another show in the bag. Another show and Rust's barking the, the, the big finish. Yeah, I've I've, I've opened the side gates from, from the from the new the new place today, and uh, she's down decided to sausage. She's um um now being allowed to go into the to the front part of the garden because she actually managed to cats. I, mean, I reckon there's a, there's a big gnarly lizard in the in the bird of paradise, and she's 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 fully twenty four seven hunter this little sausage. So um, when we when we get her, uh, her face up on the website there, you know I'm sure a lot of a lot of people will will, will, will fall in love with them. As, as, as the, the three girls that uh, arrived back here from the Hilton Bar on Sunday night did. <laughs> well, we won't go into any of that. No, I don't think you probably should. All right, JP. Thanks again, mate, and uh, no I appreciate you all your driving on the weekend. That was really good. That yeah, was excellent. It was a great weekend, and uh, yeah, that's about that's about it till next week. So thanks, there's, viewers. And there's only one thing we have to say. We don't edit. We definitely don't edit. See you.